Hello, and welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. Here on the cast, we discuss everything emotions through the lens of attachment, the nervous system, and internal parts work. We're a little irreverent and like to have fun exploring the emotional issues and dynamics that interest us. So come along and hang out. Let's explore the fascinating lands of emotions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. I am your host, Angela Wetzel. I am a life and relationship coach. This is also your co-host, Nick Carl. He's an experienced somatic experiencer. And here we're, uh, we're here to talk about, and what was, I had like a certain phrase that I was saying that I really liked, but it's, uh, we're here to like demystify, no, anyway, I don't remember what I said. Something like, about removing, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, destigmatize, de- no, uh, Destigmatizing, de oh, demystifying and destigmatizing. That's no funny. removing the stigma and enigma around yeah. emotions. That was okay. it. All right, we did it anyway. We're super <laughs> professional. Just remember, that's us. The So Emotional yeah. Podcast is also the So Professional Podcast. The so Professional Emotional Podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, and today we are talking about projections because. I actually think one of the most important things uh, in this healing journey is to really be aware of projections because they can be super, 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 super sneaky. And it's such an intelligent defense strategy. What it does is it's like, instead of recognizing and take account, taking accountability for the smelly poo that's in your yard, it's kind of like your subconscious, like, puts all the poo and the smells over into your neighbor's yard. So you can be like, it's you, it's you, it's you that stinks. Well, you're the one standing in it, right? So, and I don't know why I go to poop analogies, but it just is sort of my thing. Spirituality, (laughs) poop. Um, And I made this post the other day that said, you can't simultaneously say, not my monkeys, not my circus, while you're the one flinging the poo. Check your projections before you wreck your reflections. And what I meant by that last little phrase is if you don't, if you don't understand what you're projecting, you're going to get a whole mess of reflection coming back at you. Your reality will be showing you things. And then if you're not owning or taking responsibility for those projections, you're going to feel highly victimized, highly angry, highly charged. You're going to be like, I'm surrounded by assholes. It's kind of like space balls where he's like, you know, I'm surrounded by idiots. Like who else is an idiot? They're like, yo, like, right. Um, if you've seen that movie, it's funny. If you haven't uh, watched it, it's funny, but um, yeah. So things that you might start to realize or, or why you would want to understand if you're projecting and start to take ownership of those things is because you can feel highly victimized. And until you are able to take responsibility, you are essentially powerless over a lot of different things in your life. And while you harbor a lot of internal judgments and and areas that you still feel very weak and powerless and hurt around, instead of being able to heal those things, it's really just saying it's everyone else, it's not me. And while you're there, it's like life will continue to victimize and sodomize you. Um, maybe not sodomize you. I, I was thinking of 
Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know if that's your thing. Um, but yeah, so I think it's important that we look at to ourselves as the common denominator. And to be clear, this invitation into taking personal responsibility and accountability is not the same thing as victim shaming and blaming. And I feel like that's very important because people can very can get very charged around the topic of saying like, even if there's an invitation to talking about forgiveness or healing, uh, you know, uh, forgiving people that hurt you, there is a certain demographic out there that I've seen where they're just like, this is victim blame and shame. And like, it's not their responsibility to forgive, but remember the emotions that are happening within you are affecting you. They're affecting your physiology. And it's important to recognize that you have a lot within your power of how you choose to perceive people, choose to perceive the situation and even the larger paradigm that you operate in. And Nick, take it away. I feel like you have something to say because you're well, nodding. So I'm thinking about the larger paradigm, okay? So what is a projection? Well, first thing I think of is like, what percentage of people think in terms of projection or have uh, have an internal sense of their own projections and their own relationship with projections? I don't know what that number is. I kind of suspect that it's low-ish, right? Like maybe 20% of people or something. Okay. So outside of the seeing the world of where projections actually fit in, it's like you have to like uh, imagine that the world consists of a certain amount of things, right? So um, uh, I heard Michael, God, what is his name? Michael the Singer? Yeah, Michael Singer talk about some scars, which is an old Sanskrit thing, which is your wounded parts inside of your own being, right? So we have mm -hmm. we have the physical world or our bodies, the things that happened out here. We have our thoughts, which is in our mind. We have our emotional bodies, which uh, so uh, uh, reflect and project out. We have our own emotions, and then. Deep in our beings, we have, uh, we talk about it in terms of IFS, internal family systems, which are our parts, our deep internal parts, which are our deep internal ways that we see the world and how we were habituated into them. Um, uh, samskaras are essentially the same idea. They're just a, a different word for the same thing. So what we call parts, uh, you know, the old Sanskrit, and I don't even know what, uh, you know, civilization came up with that. They're called samskaras. These are our deep assumptions of how the world operates. Usually they're from a wounding, right? Or, or a protective piece, they're a protective mechanism, right? And they influx and influence our emotions when we come into contact with something that is going to uh, bring up that consciousness of that old wound, right? And in this, uh, in this mechanism that's happening, right, that's, this is where the operation of projection starts to happen, starts to occur. If you don't have any of the, the, the words or the knowledge or a sense of how that system happens, then it makes a lot of sense to me that you're not going to have any consciousness or any way to contextualize what a, a projection actually is and begin to take responsibility for that thing that happens. Right. Uh, so I can- Yeah, I, because 
Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, then you don't have any, you have no um, idea that you ha can have perspective. Like, right. it just is one thing. It just is. And so I can remember distinctly running through most of my life, I would say that I was highly, you know, I still have tons of projections and like I'm not an enlightened, perfect being, but you know, say 10 years ago, I was way more projective when my internal emotional state, usually dipping into the negative, would I would see, <laughs> I went for a long time being very angry, very angry, and I would see almost everything. I knew like when I would wake up and be having like a bad day, didn't matter really what I looked at. It was like a person, place, or a thing. I would just immediately, I'd be like, this is fucking shit. This is shit. You're terrible. You're a garbage mm -hmm. thing. Everything you're doing is garbage, you know, which in that perspective, I'm reacting to whatever they're doing, right? And so this is me flinging the poo, looking at the poo and just be mm -hmm. like, you know, you're terrible. You're garbage. This is gross. You're gross. Just get away from me, right? That was a lot right. of energy that's happening. What Inside mm -hmm. what's happening is my internal emotional state was like at a boiling point. Like I was so repressed, right? That my inside emotional body is just like a powder keg. It just, it was just compressed, you know, compressed, just hard. And that's, you know, old wounds, old stuff, just like coming out and boiling and just like going out into places, you know? Yeah. So I lived in that state, which is completely projective. But I also think about in terms of my relationships, like it eventually, you know, just on long enough timeline, like it got projected. I projected on all of my friends, you know, I still project on my own mother. I mean, that's like a deep blessing, you know, of like walking in and like, you know, like have a lot of strong emotions about that person, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's this whole ecosystem and system inside where most of that energy, where most of that vitriol, where most of that hate, where most of all of that belongs to me. It's mine, right? The right. world's really not doing anything. And all of that belongs to me. And that's, right. that like system and that uh, like how that works is also working in everybody else. And then you can, right. you can be going along and having a good time with people but then when two people start to project on each other, then you, you can start to have these like wars, you know, like these energetic wars and things can mm -hmm. fall apart pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like wherever you go, there you are. So wherever you go, you're going to take the same perspective. You're going to say, you're going to take your projections, you're taking your wounds, you're taking your behaviors. So you can pack up and move across the country, across the world, wherever, but likely you're going to experience the same kind of patterns and stories and you know things where it's like if you have deep wounding around betrayal you will literally find people that will betray you like you will have many stories like very like different people different flesh suit similar scenario of betrayal that leads to the same the, the same outcome or the, the same moral of the story is I can't trust people because people are X, Y, Z. But what's interesting is these, um, these circumstances of like betrayal and abandonment 
they do end up being some sort of a projection because it's what we're actually doing to ourselves. And then other people show up and they're kind of playing the role, like they're participating with our energy. And when it's not conscious, then we have unconscious agreements happening where it's like, I will uh, be a victim or I will victimize myself by not standing up for my own boundaries, my values, my standards, how I feel. And when you do these things, I will say that you are the bad guy. You are the one that has betrayed me. You have done this. And while there is some truth there where they are doing the actions, we have to question why am I in this situation again? Why am I here in this relationship? Why have I opted into this situation again? And if you're willing to ask those questions and be honest with yourself, you're going to find some gold there. If you're brave enough to just be like, what, what, why is this happening again? Like what, you know? Right. And, and that I think is like the beginning of being able to look at those projections and look at some of the patterns and the stories. When I was introduced to my own like deep emotional body through some somatic experiencing work, it was really interesting then to go back, you know, so I'd had uh, a handful of uh, significant long-term relationships, but they all followed the same pattern, right? They all essentially went to the exact same place. And I knew like deep down that like I couldn't fault these people like I had actually been partnered with wonderful people. Um, yeah. I knew <laughs> just the common denominator is me. And then mm -hmm. once it was really funny, it was it's mind blowing is really what it is. Once I was introduced to my own emotional being and started to have the perspective of parts, right? And how these parts mm -hmm. work, how they kind of come and go, you know, and that they slid sort of behind my eyes and I became these parts, right? Um, about retelling the story of my own relationship past was, I mean, it was absolutely fascinating and amazing and like heartbreaking too to understand that like, the things that I thought were real were, mm -hmm. but they didn't come from where I thought they come from. They belonged to me. Yeah. Right. And that was a little, you know, that was tough. That was a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> right. But also it likely gave you um, the ability to like say, oh shit, this is me. This is mine. And then it gives you a sense of power. Um, to say, oh, I can actually make changes from here because now I can see what I'm doing. Like I can take ownership of this. Yeah, well, for Would sure. Would you say? I, I mean, yes, to a certain extent. At least I know like what game I'm playing then, right? At least I know like what field I'm in because for many, many times I, I just found myself like in deep confusion, like deep, real confusion on, and more just like body level avoidance, you know, like, or, you know, feeling like the walls are closing in or I'm just have like abject fear or abject to like, uh, you know, like repulsion to like wherever I was at. There wasn't a lot of like high minded, you know, like, in, you know, I did think a lot about the situations I was in, but mostly it was like kind of like body level deep, just like I got to go here. Not really sure why, but I'm just going to do it. And I just 
would uh, rationalize it to myself like, oh, yeah, it's just the way that it is. You know, I guess I just don't like that person. It just didn't work out. You know, we're just not right for each other, you know, just kind of right. like pl platitudes or whatever I could really, whatever I could really muster as far as like reason, right? Reason was pretty scant, really. And, you know, after like a, you know, a few times, a couple of decades, like it can feel pretty, like it kind of I felt like a little bit beat down about it, you know? Just like, I don't know, maybe that's not for me. Maybe connection is not for me. Maybe love is not for me. Maybe I'm not lovable, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, you know, which are more pretentious. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, um, I was just thinking, yeah, because if we find ourselves in those patterns and we're not able to stop and question, like to have that separation from the perspective to like observe ourselves, like in our environment and like, say, what am I thinking? Like, is this true? Is this actually true? What I'm thinking? Like what, because there's a difference between an objective reality and a subjective reality. So an objective reality is literally like, there's a cat and it ran under the bed. Right. And this scenario, like, um, I was with somebody and they had a cat and they were trying to get the cat in the car. But when it came time to leave, the cat ran under the bed. So he's saying like this cat, like what an asshole, this cat's acting like an asshole. And it's like the objective reality is, well, the cat's a cat. The cat didn't want to go in the car. Like it, it was afraid, right? right? It ran under the bed. It's like, fuck it's that. Like I hate, vet, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I hate riding in cars. It's like unpredictable. It's noisy. I'm like in a box of death or whatever the cat yeah. is. I mean, I feel like it's also sort of like projecting because we don't know. It's just, it's like right. objective reality if we strip down everything into very like rote dry details, we can say there was a cat, it ran under the bed and into the corner of the room and was, it was difficult to get out of there. Like we don't know what was emotionally going on inside the cat, but we can deduce that the cat was uh, crouched in the corner. And when we tried to grab the cat, it was like, <laughs> right. Those are like objective facts. Now, the subjective layer, which can come into like arguments when there's projection as well, is like the cat's being an asshole or, or the cat was being spiteful or you know what I mean? So there's all these things that we start to imagine and just like make up. We're just making shit up. Right. And so what and, and usually like how these projections or perspectives arrive is that there is another person that has a certain projection. So in childhood, I am guessing that, and I see this a lot, is that this person was treated this way. So when he had certain negative emotions arise, you know, him misbehaving or being bad, just because these emotions that he had, then he through introjection actually takes that upon himself to be like from the outside looking in his misbehaving it means he's just an asshole so him doing what he wants having his desires having his emotions wanting to get his needs met somehow it's translated as that mm -hmm. so then when there's a similar situation with this cat then now he has adopted the same perspective of his parents he has now taken that on and is now projecting that onto the cat right and if the cat were to have little kittens, then the cat could then project that onto their kids. <laughs> I mean, if the cat was anyway, so silly, but um, 
you know, and that's kind of how things can go generationally is that mm -hmm. we can have projections that we just carry, you know, carry through like, um, rich people are assholes or there's, there's just like certain, um, li you know, we would call them like limiting beliefs, but it is a certain perspective of like how we view the world. And it's important to look at these things and then challenge them and to say like, is, is this actual reality or am I making, is there some kind of story here that I'm making up? Right. Uh, last weekend, uh, I went to a rock and roll show and I uh, saw a band that I really liked. Oh, yeah. And the lead singer uh, is a, a beautiful gal. She's gorgeous, right? Which is a whole mm -hmm. deep belief system inside of me, right? So I challenged myself mm -hmm. to go talk with her. And of course I did. And I got about two and a half sentences out before like, I kind of locked up. Like my brain just kind of went numb. My nervous system yeah. was just like, my nervous system went into essentially freeze it was like it was, it was danger right which mm -hmm. is a deep projection of uh, the reality of the situation is it's just two people talking in a low like at a rock and roll show like at a merch table you know like pretty low stakes really you know there's mm -hmm. not much happening you know she's a stranger she'll be leaving town tomorrow I'll probably never see that person again in the rest of my life you know just like trying to have like fun uh, good energy conversation with somebody, you know, mm -hmm. but because of like really attractive women, right. Uh, maybe who are sort of like above me, you know, and then like all these weird inner judgments and wanting to like be cool and like receive things and this whole matrices of things inside of me project into the situation. I then become fearful and lock up. Right. Now I was challenging mm -hmm. myself too because I, I kind of I kind of knew <laughs> that this was a possibility. You know, I I went up. You know, I tried to like psych myself. You know, like I'm going to do this. I'm cool. I can do these kinds of things because I know I can't. Right? Like, and I'm I'm an affable, decent person. I can hold a conversation. Like I'm <laughs> I'm okay. But I just to put myself in that situation, and I you know, I kind of I kind of squeaked. But you know that you know so it was a gamble, and I lost, but it was okay. But one of the things that I didn't do afterwards, which is also a thing that I'm practicing on, is then like judging myself for have sort of failed, which would have been like another layer of projection, you know, of like, mm -hmm. oh, God, you're an idiot. You're sort of dumb. Like, why would you ever do that? You know, like, why would you ever talk? Mm -hmm. You know, like I didn't go there. Like I just kind of like relaxed. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other things I noticed when I was at the show after that happened, I kind of felt like my energy and my being I noticed that sometimes I was noticing what was wrong, either in the performance that was happening on stage or maybe like the vibe in the room. At one point, somebody in the crowd yelled something like really cringy, you know, and I really let it like affect me, you know? <laughs> so it's just this weird, it's this weird dance that's happening all the time of me watching my mm. own emotions and being with my own emotions as they flow through me, right? And I know that uh, strong emotions 99% of the time are mine mm -hmm. about me, right? Mm -hmm. um, even when, even when other, <laughs> even when other people project upon me, which I have a nose for now, I can see that honestly, it's like when I really smell when people project upon me, it really kind of, sometimes it doesn't even like phase me at all. Cause it's like, oh no, this is just like, it's like I can obviously sniff out that you're 
like heaving shit my way, right? And mm -hmm. that really doesn't have anything to do with me. I can remember a situation, this is many, many years ago. It was at like a house party or something. And I was just bopping around, talking to people. Everything's pretty cool. And then had some conversation with some girl. And like her energy was just wild. Like she was just like kind of, I don't know what it was. She just had a really intense, really weird energy about her. And we like pissed her off or something. And I was just like, what is, what is happening? You know? It's like, this person mm -hmm. is so weird. Come to find out later, it was like her mom died the day before. And I was like, mm -hmm. holy fuck. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Inside, her insides are exploding, right? Her world just deteriorated to nothing, right? And then she's mm -hmm. like her energy and her projection then, uh, you know, just got fired out like a Tommy gun, like sort of indiscriminately. Uh, but it was like, it made sense then. I was just like, whoa, okay. Yeah, like how she's viewing the world because of her emotions right. is completely colored by that. Right. Um, yeah, and I guess um, maybe it would be helpful just to talk about like some of the different types of projections that people talk about because generally projections, it's like um, displacing your own emotions onto other people. So if I was feeling like really sad or I wasn't able to acknowledge my own emotions and let's say I was feeling depressed, I would be like, oh, Nick is so depressed. Look at him. He's so sad, right? And you'd be like, oh, I'm not, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you, but someone's mm. like, oh, are you feeling this or that? And you're like, actually, no, not at all. And it, it just has to do with like their own lens or how they're seeing things. Um, it can be objects. It can be animals, like the story I told and a really clear cut example of this is um, just as uh, one situation in like a group therapy. And this one guy was just sort of talking about seeing this uh, stuffed animal like in a gutter and how like sad and like just how he um, was like, yeah, this teddy bear was just discarded and it was dirty and tattered and torn in the gutter and it was like so sad and it was like i could tell that he was overlaying his emotions like onto that like how he felt inside he was seeing an external representation so that can be a projection um and it can also show up in ways where it's like often <laughs> where people have like shadow aspects or, or parts of themselves that they don't want to own or parts that they're like, this is unacceptable in me, but they'll see it in someone else. And then that's what irritates them or that's what just drives them crazy. And it's like, usually they're doing some version of the same thing, but they can't see it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, I think a real popular example is when somebody is like already cheating or they're thinking about cheating and they feel really guilty and whatever about it. And then they accuse their partner of doing the thing that they're doing or doing the thing that they're thinking about doing, um, which can feel very crazy making, especially if that person's like, why are you suddenly so jealous? Like, why are you suddenly doing this? And it's because they're trying to come to terms with their own emotions or their own conflict inside where they're betraying their own values or they don't like themselves anymore because of this thing. So it's much more comfortable to make somebody else the villain or be like, it's them, they're awful. But it's like, again, why are you so charged? 
Like what's happening in me? Like, why am I so riled up? Why is there so much intensity here? It's important to take a look at those triggers. So when I think about the guy with the teddy bear, it just takes me back to like the function that your parents are supposed to have in introducing you to a relationship with your own emotions, you know, like, the, mm -hmm. you know, I could imagine all the myriad of ways that emotions will find ways to be seen or to be felt or to be heard when you don't have the ability or the context or, you know, the education of being with your own being, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, in that case, it's like he has these strong feelings that he senses, but it's out on the bear on the highway, you know, where he can't mm -hmm. just enter into his own body and feel and be with those parts in, in and of himself, you know? Like, I think all of these are like emotions or messengers. They're for information for us. They're about pieces of our own being, of our own soul, which need our love, care, mm -hmm. and affection, you know, but somehow are not seen by us, somehow by our consciousness as we are in our, are in our waking lives. And so emotions never go away, right? They stay with us somewhere in our being and then find these sneaky avenues, right, to mm -hmm. become, become real, right? Yeah. So, uh, so. And, yeah. Well, you're right because it is really sneaky, and I think one of another telltale sign that there's projection there is when you find yourself in like a power differential, like if or if you feel like you're superior to someone in another way, um, you're like, oh, I'm up here and my values and my virtue and I'm so great and they're a sack of shit. Like you know, like I said, they're the bad guy. It's like taking all the, this distasteful stuff and just putting it outside of ourselves. And it's, it's just interesting because I see, I've seen this so much in the political arena lately where what we have is like a lot of extremes, like extreme mm -hmm. points of view where it's like, no, this is the answer and this is how it should be done. And then there's people on this side saying, no, this is the answer and this is how it should be done. And it's like, both sides are saying, look at what they're doing. Like they're awful, like literally both sides. And it's like, who, who is awful? They're like, no, I'm so great. They're awful. And they're like, no, I'm so great. They're awful. Right. And then there's no, it's almost like there's no median. There's no balance. There's no like, wait a second. Can we be really honest about what's happening? Like, is it just true that you're great and your party and all its affiliates are great? and that the only bad things happening are on the other side, then there's, it's just very interesting, right? And incidentally, if we, it's like, if we were to create laws from this, this extreme, then we are kind of alienating everyone else. And if we create laws from this extreme, then we're alienating, you know, everyone on this side too. And it's, a, I think about finding something that truly is like balanced and considering like the highest good for everyone. And um, it's just really interesting. Like, I think one of the biggest projections that I see is um, people saying like, they are so selfish. And I think selfishness comes up where um, sometimes people are really just looking out for like what their own best interest is, but it doesn't actually mean it's opposing your best interest, but mm -hmm. 
but it can look that way. And so if you have any relationship to um, not being able to like set your own boundaries or feel like you can do what you want, then anyone actually like grounded in their own sense of alignment and authenticity may come across as highly selfish to you, which is again, like another projection. So, you know, so we've talked about personal projection and just to be clear, this is, these are, uh, they fall under sort of shadow stuff, right? So shadow mm -hmm. or unconscious, right? Something Young talked a lot about. Uh, so we talked about personal projection, but then you started talking about oh uh, yeah yeah I did societal yes. like group projections, societal projections, like stereotypes, like these types of people or these people. This is what they're doing, what? and any time you villainize anybody, you cut off your your um, like inroads to compassion and understanding mm. and really seeing the situation and seeing those people clearly because what is what i believe is true is that people actually are good at heart the majority of people are trying to do the right thing but if we put other people if we project onto them that suddenly they're this vile uh, you know and so often it's like one side is saying they're idiots and then this side saying they're all brainwashed you know and, and it's just like we degrade each other to a point of not having any faith, not having any trust in the intelligence, the self-sovereignty, the humanity, the intentions of other people. But what that's really pointing to is a lack of trust and stability in our own sense of knowing if we're there, I would say. So in personal projection, we talked about, uh, parts, the IFS parts, where they come from, or the samskaras, mm -hmm. you know, okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and I, I don't know the answers to this, do the societal ones follow the same mechanistic pattern, okay? So when I project upon somebody, it's because I have repressed emotional consciousnesses in my being that then I identify with. Um, right. I wonder about that as far as like a societal thing. Now, maybe it's all individual. I don't know like how the hologram really works. You know, it's like, a, but, I but, I, say, but I know that the answer, yeah. the answer personally, right, uh, especially in parts work is even when a thing comes up or maybe that I am rejecting in myself, I can think about going from the, from the higher level, let's say society, and I'm saying that this group this group is shit. You guys don't know anything. You guys are selfish and you have a, an extreme, uh, like degenerate view of the world, right? If I bring mm -hmm. that view down to the own, the own, like inside of my own being, and if I had that same energy to myself, it only reinforces what's actually happening, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where the curiosity and compassion comes in. That's where the real, uh, like, love and like the health can start to breathe into your own being right and so even when i notice a part or a piece come up inside myself that maybe i would have a reaction to and like we talked about becoming um triggered by our mm. own parts you know which i can imagine is a kind of a war like this um if i war against them it just it only feeds into that divide it's by 
curiosity yeah. and compassion. Those are like the two keys and like opportunity, right? The spirit of opportunity and creativity, curiosity, compassion, opportunity, creativity, like those coming to coming to those parts in that aspect. I think about, can you do the same thing on a higher level, right? In society, like if we all sort yeah. of embody that instead of fighting, what we're going to bring each other the curiosity, compassion, the opportunity, and the creativity to differences, right? In that mm -hmm. spirit, then that maybe then you could begin to like listen and to react and to heal instead of fighting, right? Well, right. It's it's like how we respond to the outer world. It's like that is the macrocosm. Yeah, the outer so the external the external projection of what's going on inside the microcosm. So whatever like anger, judgment, fear, dissension we have, and we're seeing it projected, like it's a, it's a literal reflection of how we see the world. Like those are our funhouse mirrors. Like mm -hmm. those are our, our glasses, right? Our perspective glasses that we have. And it's, if we do the internal work to uh, understand the triggers and what they point towards our own fears, our own lack of compassion, um, what we find ex like unacceptable, like what is so unacceptable about this. And if we are able to say, well, what if there's a good reason? Like, what if, um, this person, like they're acting this way, but what if I were to understand why they were doing that? What if I could understand like, what their motivation was like what if i could really ask them and find out and i'm sure that you would find out that it's from a place of love of protection of trying to do what's best which is the same for like these these internal parts that we have and like mm -hmm. when people like even when people lie when people cheat when people betray like all those things it's like they're actually trying to avoid something they're trying to protect or avoid Mm -hmm. um something you know and it's like people will lie if they think it'll keep them safe right? right so it's like you have to look at like what the fear is that is driving people and then you can start to get a look at like their humanity and saying like they're human they're scared mm -hmm. you know and then if you can understand that also that is happening within you too then you can say okay what is like the bigger truth here like, is it a, like a thousand percent true that like, it has to be this extreme? Is it a thousand percent true that it has to be this? Or is the solution really a mixture is really a coming together of us, um, not demonizing, not villainizing, but saying, I want to understand, let's have a conversation because the solution is going to come in the balance, not in the extremes. Right. So earlier we talked about when we just spitballed, maybe 20% of people are um, aware of the emotional realms and about projection, about how the shadows work and the function of those and some of the uh, sort of medicine that you can take, right? <laughs> Which is what we talked about, like compassion and curiosity and things like that, right? So mm -hmm. if 20%, which is total spitball, who knows if that's what kind of number, then 80% mm -hmm. is in Shadowland, right? Like disconnected from their own deep emotional desires, 
right? Uh, don't have the don't have the connection between the higher mind and their deep emotional body. Their emotional bodies are crying out to be met, projecting out on people. You know, like no wonder that mm -hmm. there's a cacophony of uh, communication, right? In the age of communication, right? No wonder why right. things are so like, you know, cray. Yeah, well, we've gotten to a point where there are so many uh, fears and motivations and reasons for, so like, if you think about it, <laughs> anytime you involve a human in any system, you're going to have like a light aspect and a shadow aspect. Like you can have, like religion can be good. It can also be highly manipulative. Like, so literally you can go on Netflix and watch a documentary, like a horror story about anything. Like there's like bad vegan where it's like pure food and wine. Like it was this beautiful institution that served delicious raw food, like gourmet raw food. Anyway, I've, I've been there in New York. I, I was like obsessed with it for a while, but um, the underbelly, like the dark side of this is that they ended up like um, uh, funneling, like funneling money away from their servers, like, and, and not paying people. And there was all kinds of like corruption and stuff. So it's just like, involve humans in anything, um, including the media, including um, sci science and scientific studies. And it's like, when people have fears, those fears will drive them to mm -hmm. do what they have to do. Like literally watch any movie about someone like lying or getting into hot water or whatever. And it's like them having certain values of protecting themselves, protecting their own, like what they felt like they had to do, which was not a win-win situation. It was like, you lose, I win. I don't care what happens to you. Fuck yeah. you. Right. But I'm going to win. I'm going to protect me and my own. We're going to be okay, mm -hmm. which is a certain like perspective. It's a certain way of being. And so it's like we have to be very aware that there are all of these influences taking place and so we are no longer um unfortunately we never really were we were we are no longer in a place where we can just blindly trust this or blindly trust that because this person says this is right and you know it's like oh i trust this person this is right well it's like that doesn't really necessarily matter like, honestly, what matters is us getting into alignment, like really feeling into our own int intuition, our own ability to discern healthy from unhealthy energy, what is correct for us and what is incorrect for us in the moment. Um, and if we're not able to do that and we're trying to find some form of like trust or stability outside of ourselves, like like the, these past couple of years should tell you, should tell anybody that that phase of life, that world as we know it is gone. You can't look up an article. Anyway. <laughs> no, it never existed anyway. It was an illusion, right? right? But now more than ever, you can't just go on, like you can go online and if you have a personal bias and you say, well, this is the truth, like you can find supporting evidence for that. And then you can go online and like find supporting, like if you have a different point of view, and this is how people are just arguing. Um, and there is like, I believe truth with a capital T, like I believe that, I don't know, it, it just makes me think of this, um, you know, there's, there's always like three perspectives, like in an argument, it's like one side, the other, and then like God, and it's like only God knows like what the truth is, because 
it's like each person is going to filter that situation through their own perspective, through their mm -hmm. own reality, through their entire lived experience, their own emotions, like their what they can freaking through their own shadows. their own projections. Yeah, what they remember, like, and then it's like it it it's even been proved that like you can put someone on the stand, but people don't even remember things accurately how they actually happened. So you can have video footage, objective video footage and then someone else's recollection of what has happened in that situation you start to realize that it is an entire logistical nightmare for there to be like agreement on any topic whatsoever because we do in fact create our own reality with what we're choosing to focus on and then what we choose to take action on based on what those beliefs are so if you are living in a place where you are projecting and blaming and you haven't had enough suffering yet to break open and sort of shatter the illusion of the fact that like there's more to life than being victimized by other people and that you actually have choice if you haven't had the amount of suffering needed to to do that don't worry <laughs> like there's plenty more that can like come your way because it's like we can't necessarily control the timeline of awakening or how the shocks or the things happen, but um, it's sort of a mystery, like how that works. But uh, one thing is guaranteed is that if you are in that place where you're projecting and you're not taking any personal responsibility, you're not going to have any sense of security whatsoever because you won't have any trust in the one thing that matters most which is your own connection and alignment with source. That makes me my think opinion. About, makes me think about the resonance of truth, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because when I began to pay attention in earnest to my own emotions, right? Um, it, it was like a little bit of a curve, which it, it took some sort of like took some discernment but i can start to sense the resonance of when uh so for me it's usually when i have a strong emotion that i know that i can be in a projective place strong emotions will then light up my thought processes you know and a lot of the strong emotions mm -hmm. that i have now are old thoughts so they're not new they're not necessarily novel they usually come with a certain type of impetus impetus and a certain flavor that i recognize right and though the thing can come up inside of me and kind of, we'll say, take the helm for a little bit, you know, come up inside of my being and create a bunch of thoughts, I don't necessarily, I, I have the discernment now that I can not really listen to them as rote, as like, this is how life is, because it becomes a perspective. Um, right. Right. And so I think about the resonance of that. And so what I... I'm starting to get like a picture of is um, parts, deep emotional wounding, how that comes up and lights up things and can be projective and even reflective into my own being, you know. And then um, I don't know necessarily if I have like a deep relationship with truth, but sometimes you can feel like when the energy shifts a little bit, right? Or like it raises up mm -hmm. a little bit and just kind of feels mm -hmm. kind of feels good, you know? 
Like that can be like a bellwether of like, oh, I don't know, that kind of like raised the, raised the vibration a little bit. I could feel it kind of come up a little bit. Maybe we'll call right. it sort of that truth, you know. I think that that sort of like internal in, introception of your of that of the own energy, you know, can be really helpful, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, like one of the hallmarks, which we talked about it, <laughs> of like when projection is present, right, is strong emotion, right? Strong, strong emotion, emotion is here, right? Or it, uh, extremes, extremes in perspective, you know. Black and white thinking yeah. is another one. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I think um, are just hallmarks, are just hallmarks of this mechanism in action, right? And also like constriction, closing down, like any mm. mechanism of protection where it's like mm. pushing, like pushing things away, like, no, I don't want to know this or hear this or real heaviness. Or, or yeah, or pushing, uh, yeah, or pushing another person away, like we were talking about, like, it's you, like you're the thing. And like, so anytime there's just like um, opposition or right. yeah, just like contraction, constriction around something that we can tell that there's a part of us that is like preparing for battle. It's, it's um, closing for protection. It's, um, it's not in like one consciousness. It's definitely in like um, divisive thinking and separation, right? And, and not even not even pure separation where it's like, we're equal. It's, it's usually some kind of power imbalance as well. Either I'm better than you and you're below me, or I'm below you, you're better than me. Like there's just a lot of different layers of projection that can be happening or like, this is your behavior and you're a sack of shit, but I am amazing. <laughs> so in terms of attachment styles, what are some of like the more common projections for the different, uh, you know, big categories of attachment? <laughs> Really so good I, th question. So um, I think about anxious, right? Yeah. The the big projection of anxious is like, you're going to give me what I need, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Well, I think that's part of the expectation that like, oh my God, like they'll get really excited early in relationship because they're like, oh my God, this person's going to give me what I need. It's going to be great. And they're like, you know, uh, maybe um, probably, yeah, this is, this is a tough one too, but uh, the other projection is, of these and these are like big like 50,000 foot overviews of well you uh, can have like light projections like you can project onto someone that they're your savior like it doesn't always have to be negative things like you can literally project like this person's perfect right and then there's no sense oh, yeah. of discernment which then like it gets very flames right but that's true okay. yeah, can... that was a hallmark of like what I wanted to say about really strong emotions right in terms of like meeting people if you have a really really strong emotion about somebody that's usually a clue like a big giant red clue you know that you're about to reenact some very old very deep because those strong emotions came from somewhere they didn't just like fall out of the sky and are a right. clue that this is something that is really i mean it can be wonderful because you could learn a really deep lesson like that can also be true right um, yeah. it could be shining a light. So it, it's, it's a, a double-edged sword for sure, but it can be a clue that it's a projection of something very old, something very deep in your being. You know, if you meet somebody, you're like, this is the one, you're the one, you're the only one. It, it can be, or I mean, it could actually also be the one too. And like, this is where we get into what? like some slippery 
I mean, it could be, it could be like, so if, if you meet someone and you have like all these elated feelings and they are coming from like that samskara, like that wounded place, this wounded part where it's putting this person up on a pedestal and it's like, oh my God, this is my definition of love. And this is just it. Right. So if you haven't healed any of your shit and you're having this thing, like time will tell. But if you have that feeling and it's actually coming from a place of authentic alignment where nothing is triggered and you're just feeling a sense of expansion, a peace of calm, um, you know, you might still have these um, really lovely emotions, but I, I would say sometimes it could be translated as that being boring because it lacks like the chaos or disorganization. But that's where like discernment comes in because happy emotions don't always point to everything being, you know, glossy and happy and glittery, right? You mentioned once before about the feeling of this expansion feeling, but also can be, and I know, I, can, I know this can happen in a relationship too, but it's like, oh my God, like, what's this going to cost me? Right. Well, yeah. So you can do something and have a feeling of knowing that if there's an expansion, right? Mm -hmm. Like your soul is like, yes, like this is the next lesson. This is the next right. like thing, the next level. And then you can have a part, a part like your ego being like, oh shit, like I'm scared, right? Because right. it's another part of you. I mean, that, so, sounds like, that sounds like the beginning of a relationship, really. Cause like, you yeah, know that, like, yeah. You know that especially like after a little while that like, oh shit, this person is a big deal in my life now, you know, and it can be like, right. oh boy. I think we're going to have to do another podcast when it comes to talking about like the relationship stuff, like getting into relationship and maybe even more relationship specific, like projections and navigating those things. Cause it's like such a huge topic. But what I was going to say um, and answering the question for different attachment styles and some of those projections is like, um, you know, the anxious style, when they get very hurt by avoidance, they can be like, they're very selfish, like they're assholes, right? For taking that space. But what the avoidant is really doing is like, they feel safest when they don't have anyone like um, approaching them or getting close or potentially uh, invading their boundaries um, or projecting emotional stuff onto them. Mm -hmm. So they're just trying to find a place where they feel safe. But how the anxious person, person, how they regulate is through contact. So there's a misunderstanding between the two of them where how they find that place of calm centeredness because of their own respective trauma, which is actually why they're attracted to each other in the first place. Um, they just have different ways of getting that. But when there's projection, then we have judgment over another person and what they're doing. And then we view it through a lens of them being selfish or nefarious, or they're out to get me, or they're just sadistic assholes, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, a lot of that is stuff you're making up. Like you actually until you ask and get curious about another person, you truly don't know what their motivation is or why they do what they do. And then it gets even more confusing in relationship because you can have one person that's projecting on another and the other person is like, you're projecting all over me. 
And when they say that, then the other person can be like, no, you're gaslighting me. And then mm. it's just like, they're, it's just like all over, right? right. And they're like, I'm so confused, disaster. Right? right? Disaster, it's absolute disaster. Um, so your perspective, your projections can trigger other people. And then there can be counter transference where they're also projecting back onto you. You're just like my mother, you're doing the same thing. And it's like, maybe true to some degree, but it's all still filtered through that perspective, mm -hmm. like that fun house mirror where it's like, things really aren't as what, things really aren't as they seem. Right. Um, which is why like, I think sometimes the emotional journey and getting clarity on projections and like what is real and what is not can actually be a really like, slippery slope, like a really challenging topic, especially people that have had gaslighting or have had narcissistic parents where they've had every single like thing that they actually need in order to um, know where they are, like know who they are in time and space, like some form of proprioception even. Like if you have your physical reality denied, then when you have no one validating that, it it doesn't give you a very strong foundation of knowing how to trust yourself, which is, you know, we were talking about in therapy, like a big um, keystone of that is actually learning that self-trust. Like, this is what I'm feeling. It's okay to feel this right. because if we have our emotions shamed and our desires shamed, we're fucked. Mm -hmm. Like I work with everyone I work with has this kind of wounding and it's, shitty it's super shitty to navigate that it's possible but it, it it can be challenging right and um anyway yeah in uh in relationships dealing with projection so uh so one of the places i come from which we talked about today is like a deep-seated distrust of life and of powerlessness right which is a something i mm -hmm have to deal with all the time. And so I project upon you all the time, right? And we've had to go through me? Yeah. Yeah. Me? Uh -huh. We've had to like navigate, I don't know, a few dozen different waves uh lasting from 5 seconds to like weeks at a time, you know? And I like it ends up being like real real fucking like work, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's interesting because oftentimes my experience of those projections, I'm just like, yeah, okay. But other times, like if, if I feel like you're shanking me or stabbing me, I'll be like, oh, hell no. And then I get really angry. Fuck and then I have my fucker. Yeah. Then I have my own stuff that comes up right. around that. And then it's like, we're both self-regulating and then coming back into a place of like co-regulation. But yeah, it's like we uh, do like in relationship, like we do relationship work so that our relationships are easy and you can literally take any relationship you have because wherever you go, there you are. And you can mm -hmm. use it as a grounds for like discovery, really learning who you are. And like, it's so nice if you have a person where you have some like solid friendship or kinship or form of secure attachment to be able to practice these things with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because that's like your safe place. So when you have something like that, you can definitely use it to um, expand and like heal in other relationships. Like right. it, you know, it's, so you don't necessarily have to like be in a romantic relationship with someone to like do this kind of healing. Like it can be friendships, it can be partnerships. Like there's so many different ways to like do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, I also have my own things where I project onto you. I'm trying to like think of an example right now, but yeah, there there has been stuff where I'm just like, oh, he's doing this or he won't have time or space to listen to me. And you're just like, no, I'm good. I'm over here, I'm good, right? But if we don't have those conversations, then I would be over here with my projections and I would just be like, Nick's an asshole. I'm not mm. talking to him anymore, right? right, right. But I will, you know, talk to you about my shame or my stuff that's coming up and I'll be like, this is what's going on in my head. Is that what happened? You know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, what we're agreeing upon is like some of the objective reality, like what really did happen, what your interpretation of that was, what my interpretation of that was. And we do what we do our best to be as honest as we can about what was going on within ourselves. Right. And usually anytime there's some kind of spiciness, some kind of intensity that there's stuff there, you know, for us to mind, for us to look deeper and to use that trigger as a trailhead for just deeper transformation to really enter into that shit. And it can be really hot and like, you know, it seems like there's always the edge that will be too spicy or you don't really have the consciousness or the wherewithal to to be with that thing because it's too hot, you know, down in the shame dungeons, you know, like it's a pressure cooker down there. Like it's, it's some gnarly fucking shit, you know, and touching into those things can be real fucking hot potato land, you know? It kind of reminds me of if you've ever like had a a strained muscle or like a a knot, if you try to push directly on that Mm -hmm. knot, it's like it will literally try to kick you off of it. It's so painful. Right. But if you are to kind of like massage, apply some heat, you know, you're a little over here. Yeah, over here, massaging the ends and like eventually you get in there, right? But if you're just trying to like, go right into the center of the most tension of the most pain and protection. Right. Then it's like, well, then, I mean, then we kind of get into masculine and feminine energy and it's like, well, I think more about parts work. You're not going to have access. You don't get access directly to the heart of the dungeon. You never uh, do. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes. Like you have, there's right. layers to this thing and there's, uh, there's trust, right? So the, and wardens the, and like prison, like there's other parts that are protecting. And well, one of the things protective. I think that uh, just in being your friend as long and just navigating our miscommunications is we are developing trust, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what it comes to. And then like you, you can get to like deeper and deeper level if you if you continue to go and to continue to have the conversations and to to continue to be open to feeling about. Like, was that me? Like, what did I do there? Like, what happened there? Like, an accounting of something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, though. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Projections are kind of fun, actually, when you start to 
like get into it i don't know it's that's sort of my perspective is it, well, yeah. it starts to get it's just uh it starts to be everywhere all the time right where it's yeah. just like this is just like and so it almost becomes like almost a little bit boring then it's like what's really going on like what's really happening like why are you actually so mad like because it's not this i know i understand like how this shit works whatever you're talking about you know <laughs> it's not that right like yeah, let's get yes. to the actual thing can we actually get to the actual thing right. you know i don't not quickly no maybe not always yeah sometimes but yeah. sometimes um, yeah, and I, I was. Hmm? No, I was just gonna. I don't know. To me, it, it, oh, it's a little bit of a bummer. It's a little boring. You said it's a bummer, like, like when you're aware of projections, or well, do you just, mean just the fact that like you're you don't just, feel like you can? No, just the fact that it happens so much all the time everywhere. Oh well, I do think that. Um, I think it's one of those things, like when you are really getting into addressing like some of these energies. It's like, if they've been latent for a long time, it's like, you're just so much more attuned and so much more aware. So it's, it's almost like what I would say a lot with clients is like, you are suddenly seeing all the worms, but there was always a can of worms there. It's just mm -hmm. like, you weren't always aware. And now it's like all the worms are out of the can mm -hmm. and you have so much awareness and so much consciousness on those that you're actually able to see, identify, feel them everywhere. So you're just so much aware, you're kind of like mapping your consciousness and then learning to have compassion for all of it, right? And right. for whatever's happening and, and all of us, like we all have different journeys and like layers and levels of trauma that we're healing. And as Abraham Hicks say, it says like, you never get it done, like you never get it. Right. Like you're never finished. Like it's never, you know, right. whatever. Um, yeah. But I was going to like talk like you, like you had went back to like parts work, but I, in my mind, I was kind of going to like masculine feminine energy dynamics. And um, something I like talking about is like, how, how do we, um, if our emotions are like fed the feminine energy and our, consciousness is like masculine energy i kind of like to think of it as like a dance or even like you know maybe even almost like sexual energy or it, i don't know it, how, how do i say this it's i like to describe why am i talking about this um the like consciousness <laughs> what are you doing nothing consciousness consciousness Vagina. and like jet Yes, you said it. Uh, consciousness as like lube, right? So, okay, I'll just explain. I'll just I'll just explain it. Hold on, just okay. So, <laughs> all right. Go I ahead. just need to move me up. I'm yes. ready. Okay, so I think of it this way: like if the masculine energy is really like penetrative. Like it's very mm -hmm. direct. Like it's, it's, it's a penetrative initiating energy where it's like going to open like consciousness, open you to more, which is of course like a great sexual allegory. Right? Absolutely. Cool. So, so, right. So if you have some kind of like painful emotion, that's in a state of contraction, 
Yes. And you try to penetrate said emotional mass. Yeah, that's going to hurt. You're right. Like then what's happening? It's like, I don't have like a rep phallic representation, but you're like, <laughs> right. This yeah. part is like, so right. So what bit on it, bro. Uh, okay. But sorry. sorry. It is like, um, like sex without lube, right? If there's no moisture, it's like not going to be a good time for anyone. And then of course you're also like thinking about like consent and having the feminine energy feel safe enough to open, like ready to open. So what we want to do with our consciousness is, is move towards the feminine with a sense of like gentleness, mm -hmm. acknowledgement, mm -hmm. validation. Mm -hmm. So that, and that acknowledgement and validation and curiosity and compassion feeling. and gentleness. Right. Yeah. Feeling attuning mm -hmm. is like lube. And then she's like, Oh, you oh, see me. Cause then she me, feels loved. Feel me. Right. Right. Can, and then I she's like, I will into you a little bit. I can relax. I will open my gates. And then mm. it's like the juices start moving. There's flow mm. introduced. And then with, and then you could invite her into, would you like me to penetrate this obscured thing, which, which sounds kind of sexual in some ways, but what, like, are you open to like me offering you a solution now? to this pain right mm -hmm. and she's like okay yes and then it's like the the penetration and then like expansion right so she's gone from contraction into expansion and then so it's like also that emotional journey of with ourselves like i i know i have alluded it to sex without lube and then looping. Right. but, but I, I do think it's in our own beings yeah with our own yes. energies yes Right. So you have to consider the dance between the masculine and feminine energy within and how we want to respect and, and listen to and like how it actually works hmm. is to honor the feminine energy so that she feels safe in being able to open. And you're kind of asking her to be um, receptive, waiting until she's receptive to the expansion that you're offering. Because if not, she's like, I don't feel safe. I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm not ready for this and whatever. And it's just sort of that way. And you don't want to have those like intrusive vibes with yourself emotionally or otherwise. I'm not going to say the word. You don't want to energetically be doing that to yourself or anyone else. Right. Yeah. So I just view it as like, be smart about it. Like, take your time. Don't try to force the expansion or awareness. Mm. But like, yeah, or getting mad some... at it for, for not changing right away, which is something I struggle right. with. Right. Yeah. So like, it's like you want to give it some sweetness and be like, hey, sweetheart, what's mm -hmm. up? Like, uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm here to listen. I think I'm about earnest listen. sweetness, right? Earnestness. Like, yeah. Hey, I don't like, mean, hey. yeah. I don't mean it's like this. I don't be like, hey, baby, what's up? Hey. I'm here. Like, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't mean that. Because then she'll be like, hey, what do you want from me? Like, you like, know, women can pick up on you. that. Fuck you. Yeah. But right. what it is, is like, yeah, earnest, like, Hey, I care about you. I'm, a, mm -hmm. I'm connect, I'm checking in on you. I'm connecting with you. Mm -hmm. It's not to fix you. It's not to change you. It's not mm -hmm. to get an outcome. It's me honoring you right now as you are in your own illusion. 
in your own place of darkness and contraction. I'm here to acknowledge and validate you and just be here in this space, holding the space for you. And when you are ready, we can initiate your expansion, but not without your permission, because mm -hmm. that is free will. And of course, you can invite her into like the idea of what you want to create together. Like when she's ready, offer a solution or offer a vision of what the solution could be. And if she's open to it, the, the feminine energy, like the emotional energy within you, or even a, another person, right? If their, um, their emotions are activated, it's like inviting them into um, a vision of what it could be like, and then make, and like holding the space for that too, the fear moving through it, accountability um, along the way as you move towards that. And it's never pushing, pulling, forcing. It's never like, you need to fix yourself and be over here. It's like, no, I'm right here with you. Mm. I don't demand that you need to change. I don't need to fix you. I mm -hmm. don't need you to be someone else other than who you are. I'm right here. And also the, the masculine energy can see the solution, can see the expansion, which is why men are so often like, here, let me help you fix this. I can, I feel that you have a problem. I'm trying to come in with my my penetrative expansion to illuminate the darkness that is here, which is like mm -hmm. also like the universal masculine energy and our emotional selves are, we have the free will to say, no, I'm not ready for that expansion right now. And it might be not, it might be that it's not the time. It might not be the person. And if they're not ready for the solution, then there's no expansion. Right. Because so the, the universe can also never violate our free will. So respecting the energy, respecting the, the, the state of the energy in earnestness, being there, and then mm -hmm. when, uh, when the stars align, that, that's when you can offer your deep gift of masculinity or femininity, right? Back and forth. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think it's like being very attuned to that like crack or that opening when it's like mm. it's, it's almost like when you're in that moment when you're attuned like you feel when that opening's there there's like a mm -hmm. sudden like softness and there's mm -hmm. a sudden like release like the protection like like the gates are starting to open like and I, I think that all of us have a certain sense of what that feels like you can you can watch a movie like you can see like like when a child is just like starting to not cry like they're just starting to be like oh I'm feeling better now like we can all observe a nervous system where we can observe, observe an emotional journey, an energetic journey from a place of shame, victimization, anger, being closed off into opening and moving up the energetic ladder. There's, there's signs of this everywhere. Like energetic, you know, this is like the energetics of life, the energetics of relationships. And the energetics of our inner beings, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. So, Projection. Anyway, I guess we have projection. Mm, high five. Let's <laughs> just, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else to say on that, but. Uh, well, we said yeah. a lot. Enough to chew on anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I feel, I feel fine about throwing my two cents into the wishing well here. Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, anyway, shout out to everyone listening. 
again. Oh, you know what would be great? Hmm. If people would write reviews, like to have some reviews, because I don't think we have any reviews yet. And we're going to be like 11 Apple? episodes. Or do they write them on Spotify? Uh, no, do? I think they can. I, I think they can write them on Apple or Spotify. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't know. Apple, I know, yes. I don't know either. Spotify, I think, yeah. maybe. I'm not sure about that, but somewhere, yeah. somewhere, <laughs> maybe. Can they not write reviews on YouTube? No, you can write a comment. Okay, so like comments or reviews would be helpful if you feel very generous. Um, we would be happy to accept those. Um, and then, of course, if you have any... I just want to apologize any... for being crass earlier. I was too what crass do you mean? for anybody. I said some maybe crass things. Anyway. Oh, you did, but uh, if they're listening to us, they're probably like not going to care so much. And yeah. if they're offended, then they should anyway, check their projections. <laughs> it's just a thing. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah check your proje projections at the door. Yeah. Stop projecting. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that that's it. Okay. We're going to go now and see you all real soon. Cool. Thank you, Angel. Yeah, you're welcome.